0: Yep, you really do just need a humble smartphone and some minimal extra gear that doesn't have to break the bank to get started with field recording. And I've laid it all out in this handy five point checklist. So download it for free at femalediymusician.com forward slash learn with Isabel and elevate your music to the next level. There's no doubt that continually receiving unsolicited advice could be very frustrating and is another great example of the extra emotional labour many women in music have on top of the usual work that goes into building and sustaining a career in music. But perhaps somewhat surprisingly, some female musicians have even found that receiving unsolicited advice has actually motivated them further to create music and take up space doing it. Hello and welcome to Girl's Twiddling Knobs. My name's Isabel and over the last decade, my self-produced and self-released music has amassed over 25 million Spotify streams. I also have a PhD in sonic arts, but I wasn't always this confident with music tech. In fact, I still hear those self-doubt gremlins in my head from time to time. I started this podcast to help more female identifying musicians start recording and producing their music and learn from other women making music with technology. If that's your cup of tea then you're in the right place my friend. Let's dive in. Well it is my absolute pleasure to welcome you back knob Twiddlers to another episode of Girls Twiddling Nobs and I feel like this episode is well overdue because today we're talking all about what to do with other people's advice about your music. So let me ask you a question. How many times have you been given advice on your music, recording or production skills, even though you didn't ask for it? Perhaps you've played someone a mix you've been working on only to be told you shouldn't be using a certain DAW because it's not what the pros use. Or you rock up to a gig, get out your kit and someone tells you the mic you're using isn't the right kind. Or you're recording in a studio and someone tells you you should smile more when you sing. I'll stop there because I can hear your blood boiling, dear listener. You know the type of advice I'm talking about. Alternatively, though you might find that you're always looking for advice from others, rather than trusting your own internal resources and instincts. Is your vocal recorded well enough? Should you double up the guitar part? Are your songs too sad? Are your beats too minimal? Are your lyrics too angry? Should you keep using the software you only bought two weeks ago? Sometimes this self-doubt can be as much of a stumbling block. So inside this episode, we're going to examine the types of advice we might receive as musicians... If women really are more likely to receive unsolicited advice than their male counterparts and the effects this might have on our careers. Crucially, though, I'll finally be outlining three questions to ask yourself before seeking out advice from other people and one principle to stick by if you're on the receiving end of advice too. And yes, you can apply this to unsolicited advice from friends and family over the holiday season on losing weight, nabbing a husband or how late is too late to have children. Excuse me, I did a mini sick in my mouth. Okay, let's get into it. So let's start off by considering the types of advice we're most likely to receive as musicians. There are two main categories here, one solicited and unsolicited. Solicited advice is where you actively seek out another person's viewpoint and is typically advice that you are likely to accept and take into consideration. Conversely, unsolicited advice is typically given without request from the other person and is not often desired and sometimes not even relevant. So when you do receive advice from someone, it's important to ask yourself if you actively asked for this feedback, because if you didn't, it's always likely the advice is as much about the other person's ego and power complex than for your own benefit, and we will break this down in more detail in a minute. In a music context, both peer feedback and audience feedback can fall into either solicited or unsolicited advice. For example, there is a massive difference between performing for a small audience with the intention of gathering feedback and performing for a crowd where an audience member unexpectedly shouts things out like, sing louder, sweetheart. Likewise, inviting a friend over to listen to a new track that you're working on in order to get their feedback is very different to someone giving advice in the comments of a finished track you've uploaded to SoundCloud. It's also worth noting the difference between peer feedback and responses from loved ones. Peer feedback is usually more about the actual details of your work, whilst friends and family, however well-meaning, may not offer much in the way of constructive advice you can use to improve. There's also quite a difference in receiving feedback from one person and receiving it in a group situation. Often we can have a more in-depth conversation about our work if it's one-on-one, but the strength of group feedback is that you can hear lots of different people's responses and therefore hopefully get a more balanced view. So these are just some of the different forms feedback can take, and it's worth understanding these differences. Because knowing the type of feedback or advice you're seeking and or receiving can be really helpful in then knowing what to do with it moving forward but let's just come back to unsolicited advice for a minute because this is an issue many women in music say really grinds their gears mainly that other people often men will offer unsolicited advice about their writing instrument playing recording gear or production technique and that this is less likely to happen to their male counterparts so is this actually the case Well, in a 1987 paper, A Study of Unsolicited Advice, the author found that women were more likely to be on the receiving end of this. The author studied students at degree level and found that even first-year male students felt entitled to offer unsolicited advice to females of a higher status, whereas the female students did not. This finding is important because far from advice being solely about benefiting the receiver, it is often also wrapped up in complicated power dynamics. For example, in a 2018 paper titled Advice Giving, A Subtle Pathway to Power, the authors drew from four studies that used varying methodologies in order to observe advice giving in a variety of contexts. After evaluating the motives behind advice giving, they concluded that, and I quote, advice giving enhances individuals' sense of power and that those who seek power are motivated to engage in advice giving. Close quote. Many women in music will say that when they receive advice about their music making abilities, whether regarding their use of technology or something else, it can often appear to be used to undermine their efforts or success. And you might be thinking, well, isn't unsolicited advice the same as mansplaining? Well, it certainly has some strong crossovers, but feminist writer Aishwarya Jabal believes it to be fundamentally different, stating that, and I quote, while mansplaining is about questioning a woman's knowledge or ability, unsolicited advice is based on a woman's being or existence. Close quote. So in other words, it's not just someone presuming you don't already know something and therefore explaining it to you, even though you're likely just as qualified or even more so or that you never asked for the information in the first place, that would be mansplaining, unsolicited advice is someone actually telling you there's something wrong with your actions, behaviour or choices. And it's not just for this reason that unsolicited advice can be even more insidious than mansplaining. Javel Gekka states that it is easy to disguise judgement and misogyny as benevolent concern, I'm sure you or someone you know has had this experience where someone has given you some unsolicited advice and when questioned, retorted by saying their comments were simply to benefit the other person. In other words, there can sometimes be a layer of gaslighting that goes on if the unsolicited advice is called into question by the recipient. Researchers have also questioned whether the advice women receive is as useful as it really could be. In a more corporate setting, Lean In and McKinsey's 2016 report, Women in the Workplace, found that although women are just as likely to ask for feedback as their male counterparts, they are less likely to get it. And you may be thinking, well, you just said women get lots of unsolicited advice. Well, those that do get this advice are 20% less likely to receive difficult feedback that helps improve their performance than their male colleagues. Instead, the feedback women receive at work is often vague and non-specific, And this might ring true with many women's experiences of the music industry as well. The advice that you typically get is either super specific, so much that it's actually pedantic, i.e. you're not using the exact make and model of microphone the other person would recommend. Or it's hyper-general and lacking any real meaning, like can you just be a bit more sexy, or it's coming in a bit hot in the mids. And this is, of course, a massive generalisation. Advice of any kind, including unsolicited advice, dispensed from men to women in music contexts can be genuinely helpful. If you want to share your own experiences of this, whether they be good or bad, do leave a comment in the reviews wherever you're listening to this podcast because I would love to hear your thoughts and experiences on this topic. But there's certainly some important research and conclusions to integrate when we're embarking upon giving, receiving and processing advice about our music and other people's. And by the way, all the studies mentioned in this episode are linked in the episode show notes. But I'd now like to consider the implications for receiving advice as a musician and specifically how this affects women's experience and trajectory in music. There's no doubt that continually receiving unsolicited advice could be very frustrating and is another great example of the extra emotional labour many women in music have on top of the usual work that goes into building and sustaining a career in music. But perhaps somewhat surprisingly, some female musicians have even found that receiving unsolicited advice has actually motivated them further to create music and take up space doing it. For example, Indonesian producer Jaya says unsolicited advice fuels my efforts to make videos of me producing live because it's kind of like a giant middle finger to those questions and stigma – I'm a woman and I do this better than most of you, as do my other sisters in production. When a video of British producer Sars making music with a Roland SP404 sampling station went viral, the comments section was filled with men believing that the performance had been faked. Sars shared, It was pretty frustrating at the time, but as I've come to accept this aspect of the game, I saw the controversiality as a positive that at least my creations were impacting people enough to polarise them. You've got to reframe these things so you can keep at it. The Australian producer, Sadeva, says that at the start of her career, some people were very supportive and others were misogynistic and abusive, which made me uncomfortable, but it also pushed me harder. Now it's all positive, a lot has changed, but we still have a long way to go. And while it's great to hear that producers like Jaya, Sars and Sadiva have used experiences like this to spur themselves on in the industry, women really shouldn't have to withstand the constant barrage of unsolicited advice. We don't need it to be motivated, work hard and be ambitious in our careers. And feeling like we constantly have to prove other people wrong can lead to a very unhealthy work habit and self-imposed pressure. Furthermore, not everyone responds to these interactions in the same way. Many women find it very difficult to keep going in music for the precise reason that constantly being underestimated and disrespected in this way is exhausting. And can you blame us? Sometimes it feels like there's really no success we can reach, no qualification level we can get to, when we will be taken seriously. But that's on the bad days, not twiddlers. I mean the really bad days. Of course, it doesn't always feel like this. Sometimes we have amazing conversations with other people in music or of a variety of genders. Sometimes we get feedback on our music and it feels thoughtful, specific and actually useful. But I wanted to just flag that if you're having one of those bad days where you're sick of other people's opinions and unsolicited advice, you're not alone. I've been there. Thousands of other women in music have been there. And it's a global trend, not just something to do with you being uniquely wrong. But what can you do if you do receive unsolicited advice? Should you just dismiss it outright? Should you call the other person out? Should you say thank you regardless of whether it makes you feel icky or not? Is a very simple exercise to try next time, or if this ever happens to you. Check in with your body, preferably your heart or your gut, and ask yourself, does this advice feel expansive or contracting? As in, knowing this advice and the intention I can sense from the giver of the advice, does it feel like it's helping me expand, like it's helping me be bigger, more able to grow and be filled with possibility? Or does it feel like it's helping me contract, feel small, or even feel ashamed? Sometimes it won't be totally obvious in the moment, and there will be times when there just isn't the space to check in like this immediately. But in a way that doesn't matter, because the point of this exercise isn't so you know how to respond in the moment. The point of this exercise is to know whether or not you should listen to the advice, and how much you should follow through on it moving forward. Much of the time, you will know this in your core, your very being, if you just ask your body. It's easy to get into the habit of feeling like we need other people's advice to make decisions, move forward, or take the right path in our music careers. But I think the fact that women receive so much unsolicited advice contributes to this. So whether you're the type to want to stick your middle finger up... Or drink in every last word of any unsolicited advice that may be thrown your way. Make sure you use this simple exercise to check in with whether your body knows the advice you've received to be expansive or contractive and go from there. And by the way, we're only interested in stuff that helps you grow and expand. However that might look, not shrink and contract. Before we finish trawling through all the problematic ways people can offer us advice, I just wanted to flag the fact that women may give you some shockingly awful advice as well. Yep, we're far from perfect, and misogyny has been so rife within the music industry for so long that we can internalise some pretty toxic narratives ourselves. For example, one source that really shocked us at Girls Twiddling Knobs HQ when we were researching this episode was from an article on the website Flavor Wire titled The Best Advice to Women in Music from Female Musicians. Inside there is actually a lot of great advice from the likes of Fiona Apple, Madonna, Erica Badu and more. But the advice that was pretty shocking was from Chrissy Hind. Most of her advice was riddled with misogyny and sexist presumptions about other women. And I certainly wouldn't have included it or put it right at the top of the list. As this article did, I'm actually going to read the whole list of advice they've included from Prissy Hind because it's actually pretty amazing in a kind of repulsive way. So, you ready? Here we go. So, number one, don't moan about being a chick. Refer to feminism or complain about sexist discrimination. We've all been thrown downstairs and fucked about, but no one wants to hear a whining female. Write a loosely disguised song about it instead and clean up, and then there's a dollar sign. (laughs) Number two, never pretend you know more than you do. If you don't know chord names, refer to the dots. Don't go near the desk unless you plan on becoming an engineer. Number three, make the other band members look and sound great. Bring out the best in them. That's your job. Oh, and you better sound good too. Number four, do not insist on working with females. That's just more BS. Get the best man for the job. If it happens to be a woman, great. You'll have someone to go to department stores with on tour instead of making one of the road crew go with you. Number five, try not to have a sexual relationship within the band. It always ends in tears. Number six, don't think that sticking your boobs out and trying to look fuckable will help. Remember, you're in a rock and roll band. It's not fuck me, it's fuck you. Number seven, I think we're on. Don't try to compete with the guys. It won't impress anybody. Remember, one of the reasons they like you is because you don't offer yet more competition to the already existing male egos. Number eight, if you sing, don't belt or screech. No one wants to hear that shit. It sounds hysterical. Number 10, shave your legs for Christ's sake. (laughs) Okay. Wow. See what I mean about internalised misogyny? I think the only piece of Chrissy Hind's advice I actually agree on is this final point where she says, Don't take advice from people like me, do your own thing always. Yeah, don't take advice, knob twiddlers, from people like Chrissy Hind. This is a great example of how misogyny really can get everywhere, even in advice between women in music. But as much as some advice can be problematic and unhelpful, Getting feedback and guidance from other people throughout your career is really important. It's just helpful to know that you can have some agency in this process. It doesn't have to just happen to you when you're in the presence of someone with a lot of opinions and potentially a thirst for superiority or some toxic opinions. So let's now consider three questions to ask yourself in order to get some good, supportive, useful advice that is actually going to be beneficial for your development. These three questions will help you get super clear on where to go for advice and how to ask it too. So first up, do you genuinely want advice or are you simply looking for an ego stroke? If it's the latter, fair enough. We all need a bit of encouragement every now and then and you may not be looking for detailed, specific feedback right now. The only time this can be an issue is if you're always looking for an ego stroke. If that's the case, your ego may be so fragile that you're stopping yourself from hearing genuine feedback that might feel challenging, but ultimately improve your music. So just check in with if you genuinely want advice or if you're simply looking for an ego stroke. Once you know the answer to this first question, you can move on to the second, which is who can you ask who is qualified to offer this feedback and advice? Who can you ask who is qualified to offer this feedback or advice? So if you decided that you're actually just looking for an ego boost, you'll likely seek it out from a friend or family member you know is peddling good vibes only. But let's presume you're genuinely looking for feedback or advice. Have a think who would be best to ask. All too often, we ask the advice to someone who often has strong opinions or whoever's the easiest to contact, but they may not actually know enough to properly advise us. For example, perhaps you want feedback on a mix you've nearly finished and you have a producer friend who's always giving you advice. You may want to ask them how confident they are with mixing or what experience they have with mixing if you're not sure. Or you may just make a judgment based on what you've observed of working with them so far because depending on who they are, they may exaggerate to not lose face. And if you had a hunch they may not actually know that much about mixing and you don't have any other contacts who do, perhaps you could hop into an online community like the Girls Twiddling Knobs podcast community or 2% Rising and ask people inside if anyone has mixing experience and is willing to give feedback on a mix. Perhaps you do this and ask your friend who's a producer but it's important to be clear on whether the advice giver is genuinely qualified to give advice and if you're not sure to take their advice with a pinch of salt. And our final question is what do you specifically want advice or feedback on? This is so crucial and so few of us musicians really do this but knowing and articulating the advice or feedback you're looking for is really important for both you and the advice giver. Because you can take some agency in the process of getting advice whilst also sharing what's most important for you to get out of the process. This means the advice giver doesn't have to waste time telling you things you may already know are an issue and instead really focus on what you've identified for feedback. So to recap, question number one is do you genuinely want advice or are you simply looking for an ego stroke? Question number two is who can you ask who is qualified to offer this feedback or advice? And question number three is what do you specifically want advice or feedback on? Ask yourself these three questions and you'll be in a much better position to A, get better advice all round, but also B, feel like you have some agency in the process. Finally, once you have received this advice, check in with the exercise I shared before on asking your body if this advice feels expansive or contracting. You don't need to follow through on any advice that doesn't feel supportive and helpful to you. Now on next week's episode, I'm joined by the amazing US-based musician and producer April Rose Gabrielli, where she's sharing her incredible journey of recording and producing her debut album, I Woke Up Alive. And I say incredible because during this time, she developed epilepsy and had to struggle through the enormous challenges this brought, not just to her music making, but so many other aspects of her life. This is a truly inspiring discussion with April, and I cannot wait to share it with you. But till then, take care and I'll catch you here soon. Girls Twiddling Knobs is hosted and produced by me, Isabel Anderson, with production support from Jade Bailey. The show notes are compiled by Francesca O'Connor, and this is a female DIY musician production. So, how'd you like that episode, dear listener? If you loved it... And you know someone else who would love it too. Be a good friend and share it with them. Go on. Spread the girls' twiddling knobs love.